This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. I am back and we are back and it's Friday and we had to spill the tea and break down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax. I hope you got you something to drink because we got lots of hot tea and the gang's all here. Fellas, hi. Oh, wait, let me introduce Al Reynolds. What's up, Al Reynolds? Oh, what's going on, Claudia? You good? Welcome back. You looking real brown. I'm so dark and my <laughs> forehead's peeling. I'm actually darker than this, but my forehead's peeling so bad I had to put light makeup on a cover up. I got a lot of different skin colors going on, but yes. <laughs> I like your shirt, you little sexy little. Thank you, thank I don't know it looks shirt. like you had a great time in Aruba. It, it was probably the best birthday ever. It really was. I The group of girls that that showed up and a few of my guy friends, it was like three of my guy friends. It was just like, you know when you, you pick a group and they just all gel and you don't know how it's going to be. Exactly. There. Know. It was it was beautiful. So I, I, was, I was very grateful. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Please welcome Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? What's going on, Claudia? Um, tell us, how was your first AARP meeting? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Someone did hit me about that today. A, a guy friend of mine, he was like, oh, the AARP. I was like, don't talk to me. Like, I, I, don't, I still look, I look young and I'm holding on to 35. <laughs> before, first of all, we're happy to have you back, right? Yeah. Before we get into this show, we showed you some birthday love on Wednesday's show, and we want you to take a look. Uh, Claudia, I know that everybody out there can't be young and supple <laughs> and have tight wool skin like me, and whose milkshake brings all the boys to the yard the front, the back, and the side yard, but I would like to wish you a very, 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 very special happy birthday. Uh, we've been joint at the hip since all of us ran into each other at uh, Cynthia's wedding, created this situation, and I hope that we get to celebrate at least another 20 or 30, 40 more years with you. Yeah, <laughs> what you got to say, baby? Happy 50th, Claudia. Welcome to the 50 and over club. It only gets better from here, beautiful. And after watching you do all those, uh, your friends do all those cartwheels on the beach, you look like a supple 20, what did what you say, 30-year-old? Anyway, beautiful woman, please keep up all the good work that you're doing. Your life is just opening up like a sunshine. Um, and I wish you and all your friends there, I wish I could have been with Aruba with you, but I wish you and all your friends an incredible night tonight, which I know is your actual birthday dinner nothing but love from here from los angeles and like you said hopefully this is many many more and more birthdays to come after this happy yes birthday. claudia happy birthday beautiful queen we're so happy for you and enjoy yourself in aruba it's been a while since i've been to aruba but it's a beautiful place get that sunshine and vitamin d girl and you'll look beautiful as ever happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys you know i was watching because my dinner was supposed to be at eight and that's why I couldn't do the show. Then they pushed it to like 9.15. I go, you peppers, I could have done the show. But I watched y'all and it was, you know, I, I felt like I had a little FOMO. Like y'all had FOMO for Ruben. I have FOMO like, um, I miss my, the fellas. Oh, okay. All right now. All right now. I'm like the last person without a BBL. Oh, okay. Y'all showing pictures. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, production. <laughs> we was, the water there is so beautiful. We was definitely happy. Sports Illustrated. <laughs> yeah, that like he uses the AARP edition. Are those iPhone photos? Yeah, yeah. Cell phone photos, they're good. Yeah, and um, my friend Rada, uh, they they all wore green because I know it's like my favorite color that like that Kelly green, and I wore blue. They they surprised me. My aunt is the one on the end with the leg up. She's fifty seven uh -huh. years old, and she is an an, an, an uh, engineer at Exxon. Absolutely gorgeous. Like everyone just, it was just, everyone was kind of like around the same age. It was just really nice to be around all that positivity. I wish you guys could have come. So you got to come. 51's boring, but y'all need to maybe come to that one. I'm I'm, y'all have to come to the next one. Be on the boat. I didn't do it. 
All right, y'all, let's get to the show. Uh, Monique filed a lawsuit against CBS and Paramount over unpaid royalties from her sitcom, The Parkers. Now, the comedian released the following statement on social media. Today, we filed a lawsuit to make sure we are fairly paid the money that we are owed for The Parkers. What are your thoughts on this lawsuit, Al? What do you think? Hey, look, run her her money. One thing we know about Monique and, and we know about The Parkers is that it's been on air for almost 25 years. It's been aired in syndication at like Centric, Up, TV One, VH1, MTV, Nick at Night. It's now streaming on BET, Fuse, Clio TV, Netflix. What she, it, back in the day, it was the number one comedy on the network. And it also outranks Steve Harvey as most popular among black viewers, audiences. If they still making money on it, like some of the executive producers have already sued and got their settlement for this money that they're owed for the royalties. I don't see any reason why the actors who created the content shouldn't get their money for the royalties as well. Hugh, what do you think? You know, I find it jacked up that at the time in which the executive producers sued for their royalties that they didn't go ahead and include the cast or notify the cast. You know, I'm with you when you're right. And typically we see Monique making a fuss in the media about things that, uh, you know, people sometimes feel that she shouldn't be making a fuss about. But this is definitely one of those things. And honestly, I'm just not understanding how this happens. Like, I, I don't, I, I thought there was like some type of clearing house. You know, the music industry has ASCAP. Right. Like there was some type of clearing house or something that these things go through to make sure people get their money. The, the SAG, SAG, right? Yeah. I, I can, I can speak on that. So when I was on deal and no deal, there's a, it's, it's two separate things. Like you got the directors and you've got the, the producers, they're on one end and then you have the talent. So they're not going to help us to like make more money. And they were awesome to work with, but I remember the girls, we were our favorite nation. So whatever the highest one negotiated was what we'd all get. And if someone, settles for less then we'd have to go with that a lot of the girls were just happy to be on that show and didn't really fight for residuals so they kind of since we're getting paid okay say scale is 500 a day right and they pay you a thousand that extra 500 that they pay you over is credited towards future residuals so you got paid for the okay. first run and then no residuals so there's a lot of things that you kind of have to really be on top of your business and i kept telling them ladies this show will run forever and you know similar situation I don't know if this is what happened with them, but I'm just trying to just put it in context a little bit. Like they're not going to, the producers are not going to posse up with the, the talent and say, Hey, let's all do it together. You're kind of on your own in that regard. So I can totally understand how this happens. It sucks, but like, you kind of have to like the talent has to stick together because the production side, uh, they, they definitely stick mm -hmm. together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause we should still be getting residuals and not $3 ones. So yeah, Monique fight for your money. And, and, and I also saw that Countess Vaughn, uh, they, she seemed to show some support. So that's awesome. That's Just awesome. out of curiosity, before we move to the next topic, Claudia, how much are your residual checks from Deal or No Deal? So it depends on what you get. So your first run um, is 70% of what you got. So say it was like $1,500 an episode, you would get 70%, then it goes down every time oh, it plays. And, but, but when, like I said, what, what happened with us, we got credited against what we made in the first round, so it didn't really owe us much. So we would get 1,000 checks, and they'd be like $3. And I'm like, if we would have fought, we would have had 1,000 checks for like, $700 or, you know what I mean? It really right. screwed us. All right, moving on. Uh, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon is defending the right for 12-year-olds to legally marry. Take a look. Do you know any kids who have been married at age 12? I, I, I don't need to. I do. Uh, and guess what? They're still married. Gentlemen. <laughs> you know, these people kill me. Uh, are you guys surprised? Q, let's go to you first. What do you think about this? This is, the, this is what we're fighting for? Where's all the outrage, right? Y'all so mad with the drag queens. Y'all are so mad. The kids have been over-sexualized. They've been exposed to sex with the drag queens. Or what do you think happens when a man marries a 12-year-old? That part. Where's the outrage? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is the outrage? I, I can't. Al, look and look at him. He looks like he'd want to be pro marry a twelve year old. Al, what do you think? Listen, it, he's been doing this. He's, he's been he's been harping this type of legislation for almost ten years. Remember, this is the same senator in twenty eighteen when the state wanted to increase the legal uh, marrying age from fifteen to was it fifteen to sixteen or fifteen to seventeen, and he argued, hell no. 
he wouldn't he did not support that because he had met in his you know in his time in politics two 12 year olds that fell in love got their parents to agree to marry them and they're still together today that's his reasoning if you ask me he's got a little bit of a sickness going on and he needs to be probed i want to see his computer i want to see his text messages and all that type of stuff his emails all that type of stuff you know republican white men have really been showing their ass lately for the party to be the party of Christian values, I think that Christians should be offended that these people are at the helm with some of the things that they're for. Um, 12 year olds be, being married to marry, being able to marry a 12 year old, not being that offended by rape, saying dying to reject getting pregnant by a rapist, not being so hard on rape. Like they're really showing their hand lately. Like all y'all for is for guns, rape, having sex with 12 year olds and marrying 12 year olds. You have the party of Christian values. All right, uh, fellas, let's talk about how the media criminalizes black murder victims yet makes excuses for white killers. Now this topic stemmed from a recent New York post headline that highlighted the Louisville, Louisville uh, shooter, Connor Sturgeon as a star athlete. And in an, uh, an older New York post headline, it pretty much labeled Trayvon Martin as a weed head. Um, I posted this on my page. I said they criminalize the black victim and they make excuses for the white murderer. So what are your thoughts on the criminalization of, of victims, black, especially black victims in the media? We see this all the time. Al, what do you think? I mean, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. But look, this is one time that I want to shout out being an employee at a place like Fox Soul, because that's why black media like Fox Soul is very important. And I want to give a shout out to the Black Report, because they do a great job of giving you our perspective on our news. Now, you remember Media Matters. Media Matters is a research center, and they found that in the city of New York, among the media in New York, 54% of the murders in 2014 were committed by African-Americans. However, 75% of the content of murders shown in the media, they only showed black men. How, how crazy is that the media can influence people's minds to think that only black men are, are murderers, thieves, and, and assaulters? This is, this is insane to me. Agreed. Q, what are your thoughts? You know, I attempt to understand the psychology behind people's behaviors. And, and I have a question for you guys. Obviously, it's, it's racist behavior. It's biased behavior. But do you think the undercurrent of it all is that that white person is able to look at that white boy and see their son, or see their family member? And that is why they're more gentle on those headlines versus somebody else? I mean, do you think that is part of the psychology? A absolutely, and it's it's all about humanizing people that look like them and demonizing people that don't. I remember Barack Obama got so much flack when he talked about some of the kids getting killed at Sandy Hook, and he said, you know, those boys, could, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was about Trayvon Martin. He said, he could have been my son. Like, look, he looked like he could have been my son. And people were so angry about that. But here's the thing, black media, we're gonna have to do the same thing and overcompensate and that's why we do have Foxhole because they always make us look like animals. Have you had one little puff of weed 10 years ago, your, 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 your entire life story is through that weed lens. Mm -hmm. and, and they make every excuse for the white kid. Oh, well he had CTE and let's study his brain. They don't ever give that kind of grace to black victims, not even the assailants, right. victims, right Al? Isn't that right, crazy? Right. It's crazy, it's insane. It, it, and I don't know, if you think it's psychology or is it biased, is it racism? I mean, it's still rooted in in, in, in in a certain psychology, but I definitely think, you know, it's human nature to a degree to have a bit more compassion when you can relate more to the victim or that that person comes across as your son, your nephew, your brother, mm. or whatever the case may be. And I just want to say before we go to break, and, and that statistic, I think, Al, you said 54% of the murders were committed by Black people. Yes. That is... I know it's a hard conversation. I don't want to come off Candace Owens because I'm not, but as 13% of the population, we have got to work on that. We have got to clean up our house because there's no way in hell 13% of the population should be committing 54% of murders and giving them credence, giving them uh, an out to be able to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. we have to hold our own accountable. Like, Hey, bro, like we can't allow that because it makes it's, it's not that hard of an argument for them to go, well, 54% to 72% or only 13 
It's not a good number for us. We have got to work on it and they have got to stop with the nonsense. All right, y'all, coming up, two of Ameri- two of the Americans who were kidnapped in Mexico. This is a sad story. Talk about the cartel's disturbing requests. You don't want to miss this. And later on, are people getting too used to working from home, getting lazy? <laughs> I think so. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. Real quick, before we get to the next story, I do want us to revisit this story in a, in a future show because we're talking about crime and it's just more, it's not as simple as, oh, black people commit more because they're poor and white people don't. We want to really get into it at one point in the future because I was reading something about the top five highest salaries and, t- and the lowest five. And we were talking, Q was like the number, we were talking like, you can't really pay many, many, many bills with what the average, the lowest salaries are in the country, 14,000 for the whole year. Imagine having kids. I see why you would be tempted to commit a crime, to sell a little bit of weed, to steal. So it's just not as simple as black and white. Or sell a little. (laughs) You're sitting up on that 40. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's let's bookmark that and producers, let's have a conversation about that in the near future. I'd like to really do that and do a deeper dive. All right, y'all. Two of the four Americans who were kidnapped in Mexico by the cartel revealed horrifying details about the experience. Latavia McGee and Eric Williams told CNN's Anderson Cooper that the kidnappers asked them to have sex with each other after they told them that they were siblings. Oh my God. Now her, she also said that she was pregnant and that kind of got them out of it. Well, they never really said if they did or they didn't. What are your thoughts on these gruesome details? Al, what do you think? I, I did. Look, this story just freaks me out. It freaks me out. I, I, I don't know what to feel. Something, something doesn't feel doesn't feel right. I don't know. I don't know. But is she the one that went down there for the medical procedure? Because you can't have a medical, you can't have a cosmetic le- medical procedure if you're pregnant, right? Or was she I don't just think she, that up? she wasn't pregnant. She was telling them that. It, it oh, just, so that they were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, Claudia. Something about this freaks me out. I, I don't know. I, you, you know, imagine? hopefully, hopefully, daily, whoever got this scoop and, and maybe they can make it into a movie of some sorts because it is quite fascinating. They did get kidnapped by a drug cartel. cartel. You know, two of them, their friends did die. So seems like it, an interesting story there to me. And supposedly they were the wrong people that they weren't even supposed to be the ones. that. Think about this story. Can you imagine? I mean, and to your point, they were the wrong people. And I know a lot of people get mad when we question what they were down there for. I still want to know what they were down there for because all them people did not follow that girl to go have no cosmetic procedure. Now, as it relates to them having to have sex, you know, like Claudia, you and I are just friends, no blood relation. And I can't imagine the trauma if we got kidnapped together and somebody told me that we we had to do that as friends, like the, the, the trauma. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say? You and you were tired. Hold on now. Hold on now. As friends, I'm like, you know, what you better make it happen, or you gonna get shot in the head. Yeah, but could you imagine? Like, you might almost want to. Could you imagine if you had to to, to do that with your sibling? Not yeah. me, girl. The amount of therapy. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, I don't think therapy fixes everything. I don't think therapy could fix that. I don't think so either. That's too much. Yeah, having someone on you that you don't want on you is, is you know, that's one of the worst feelings in the world. But then at gunpoint in front of some Mexicans with a gun to your head. And how and, would you even get hard? To, then yeah. your brother. I, 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 I honestly think I could probably get away with doing it with somebody random. All right, y'all, moving on. Former SNL cast member Victoria Jackson dragged homosexuality during a Tennessee council meeting about holding a gay parade in Franklin. Jackson claims that God doesn't like homosexuality and calls it an abomination. These people, like, they all claim the most devilish, judgmental, mean, non-inclusive people are the ones that feel like they have the closest relationship and know the most about what the hell God is thinking. Like, remember, this is the same woman that uh, claimed that Obama 
was uh, had traits that resembled the Antichrist. Remember that? She had all those bad things to say about Obama during his administration. What's so interesting about this story is what a fall from grace. In 1983, she was discovered on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson because she used to recite poetry while doing a handstand. And Johnny Carson was so fascinated with her and her talent that he booked her for 20 more appearances, which then led to her to get her job shortly after that SNL and her career just kind of blossomed um, as a talent only to find that this woman was really all the time unhinged and didn't like black people and now is attacking gays. What in the world? What is going on with her? Like, seriously. And it sucks that those, that's the demographic that probably supported her. You know what I mean? Right. Like, watches that show. She needs some mental health. Uh, Q, what you think about this bitch? Go ahead and give it to her real quick. You know, I, 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 honestly, I don't even have anything for her. I want to use this as a teaching moment for our people because a lot of people love to disguise their hate behind religion. And here's what I want, what I want people to say. I'm not asking you to agree with homosexuality. I'm not asking you to undo your religion, maybe based on what you believe your God doesn't like it and it is an abomination. However, it is not your job to be a proxy for God. All right. And, and it's funny because my grandmother used to be like this. She would get upset about whatever it was. No one puts you on this earth to be God's representative. If he doesn't like it, he creates pretty sure he can handle some sissies. All right. So y'all miss me with the God. Don't like it. Stop being God's security guard. We can argue if he likes it or not another day, but it's not your job to enforce what he likes and does not like. Let God deal with those people when the time comes and you go through the drive through and get you something to eat from Burger King and, and calm down. I, I never understood people that cared so much about what the next person does. As long as they don't right. affect me or my tribe, it, it, I don't really give a damn what you do. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect like who I'm sleeping with. Wh who's like, why do you care? And Victoria, if you are such a religious person, I mean, I believe there's some pastors there about not judging and, and accepting people. Love, like y'all pick and choose the part of the Bible that you want to highlight and, and take from that fits your narrative. But at the end of the day, if you truly believe in God, God made all of us in his image. And there's an awful lot of gays for it to be a mistake. You want to know what you're saying too? Waking up hating somebody every day. You know, I, I look at like the Mitch McConnells and all these people that just got something to say every day. That's got to be heavy. Just wake up every day. That's at the forefront of your mind. And y'all laugh at me. I don't know why I just feel it in my heart to give these people so much grace. I just think they're sick. I, I, I do. Right. Just to be uptight and worried every single day about the next part. That's why they look old and they age like organic bananas. <laughs> All right, y'all. A dog in the United Kingdom is recovering in an animal shelter from canine alcohol withdrawal after his owner died. Now, the shelter staff has a theory that the dog's diagnosis was due to his deceased owner leaving open bottles of alcohol around him for years. So I guess the dog was an alcoholic. What are your thoughts on the story? Q, we're going to go to you first on this one. No shade, but. Yeah, that dog can have hung out with me and Miss Kitty down to the bar with the hot dogs. <laughs> That's my type of dog, but no. You know, you know what's, what's funny? Um, my own business. I fed my Yorkie vodka one time when he was a puppy. I got him in like 14 weeks. He drank it that first time and got drunk. Until the day he died, he would never touch alcohol ever again. This dog in here smelled it one time, would never touch it. I'm surprised the dog even drank it. Damn. Al, what do you think? Alcoholic dog? Oh, this is, I guess this is an example of, you know, your pet, his pet was his ultimate drinking partner. But I guess, I don't know. You know what I thought was fascinating was that these urgent cares for dogs had the capacity to rehabilitate the dog. They talked about all these special machines and, 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 and you know, all these IVs and stuff that they had to do to give the dog to come back around and withdrawals. I thought that was the most fascinating part about this story. Well, thank God the dog had a white owner because if it was one of us, give that really? dog. Clank, clank. Give that dog some <laughs> give that dog some ginger ale and let it be on its way. Like oh, that, that, that too. Right. All right, y'all. Coming up next, the attack on a black woman at Target. And later in the show, find out why an Arizona woman gave her six-figure job the deuces. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to TGIF. We were talking about the negativity real quick before I get to this live read. And you know what? That's why we look so, I'm going to say we look all subtle, subtle, subtle. Young and subtle. I don't use the word like you do. I don't have to tell people. They just know. Anyways, we look happy. We're glowing. Our skin is shining. Because it takes a lot of negative energy to just get on a chat and just hate the whole show or just get in the comments or just worry about the next person. Like, you will, your life will change if you just be positive. I promise you that. Speaking of positive, I'm positive this next little tip is going to help you. Now, our charging higher interest is how banks make more money. And they take a lot more of your hard-earned money if your credit score is just okay, but not great. Now, ScoreMaster, the new science in accelerating credit scores, puts you in control of your money, not the bank. Now, say your credit is 650 and you're borrowing $500,000 to refinance your home. Starting at ScoreMaster could save you over $75,000 in interest over the life of your loan or more. Now, that $75,000 is your money, not the bank's, okay? Now, that's the genius behind ScoreMaster's three-week rule, especially now with interest rates soaring pretty high. It only takes a minute to get started, and you can add 30 to 100 points in about three weeks, depending on your credit file. So before you apply for any loan, auto lease or credit start at score scoremaster now visit scoremaster.com slash t to try scoremaster for free that's scoremaster.com slash t scoremaster.com slash t i am a customer my credit is off the chain right now i can buy whatever i want so i highly recommend it promotional consideration furnished by scoremaster uh fellas how's y'all's credit good real good <laughs> I'm like 7.30, someone is right in there. I get anything I want, honey. Anything. But let me tell you something. There once used to be a time that I could not get a stick of bubble gum in my dog <laughs> name. I literally just re-signed my lease for the very last time. I'm making sure that this lease cycle, I am putting money to the side so I can buy me a house. I've been paying this rent. I'm definitely going to get on ScoreMaster to make sure I give me some extra points. When I get ready to go through the mortgage process, as you just just recently did, Claudia. Yes, good for you. You know, Claudia, I got to give you your props because when we first started promoting ScoreMaster, you you became a client and you said you were doing it so that you can buy a house, and you actually did exactly what you said. So I'm I, I'm like you, you know, I'm gonna have to check this ScoreMaster thing out because obviously it's working for you. Between ScoreMaster, keeping you on top of little things. I mean, little things can change your credit score, like having a wrong address in your credit report. You know, it really helps. And just like, just sacrificing a little bit here and there. You can make whatever you want come true in one year. I promise you that. All right, y'all, let's get back to some topics. A white security guard at Target punched a black customer after she demanded reparations to cover her $1,000 grocery bill. Warning, some viewers may find this footage disturbing. Take a look. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on the situation, Al? What do you think? No, that's security. And if I was her, I would press charges against him because she didn't, she never touched him. She never touched him. That, that's no, no, no. He lying if he said that she was coming after him. That woman didn't look like that she was so intimidating to him. He's security. He's supposed to de-escalate. He's been trained. He makes a lot of money to train people to de-escalate or to isolate them or to move them or call the daggone 911. You don't have a right to punch her in her face. You need to go to jail. Oh, I got to say something. I don't know if he made a lot of money because the man I lost my virginity to, um, he was a security guard and he didn't make that much money. That's when he was cute, though. Uh, what do you think about this? She said, supposedly the story is she ran up a thousand dollar bill and then said reparations should take care of that. And he was not having it. I think he went above and beyond his little pay grade, don't you think? So I worked at Target uh, before. It was the best <laughs> job I ever had. Um, I loved it. It, it. If I didn't get fired, I probably wouldn't have went to college <laughs> store manager by now. And they don't make a lot of money. Two things can be true at the same time. He absolutely 100% wrong. He shouldn't have punched that lady. Hard stop. The other thing that's true is what in the hell is you doing and these people still talking about these damn reparations? Like, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. And not saying that she deserved to be hit because she absolutely did not. And I am not defending the store owner. But I am saying that none of this would have happened had you came in the store and just did right. 
And reparations, they, I know it's in the news a lot lately, so everybody kind of feel like we, we're close to them. We ever been just chill and wait. Don't go up in there and talk about re- reparations. <laughs> That'll do it. And if you think a thousand dollars is a reparation you should get, uh, honey. And is what I mean, did we, she we, buy out of Target we, that was a thousand dollars? You could run up a thousand in Target now. Hello. Uh, we didn't hear the audio, but could it be possible that she for you to for you that's free for you to drive your Nissan Sentra to Target, get a buggy, fill your buggy up for conveyor belt knowing damn well you ain't got no intentions on paying for it. <laughs> then the, the poor little 16-year-old bag the stuff up, put in the buggy, and proceeds to walk out talking about reparations. That don't that that's giving me not rap too tight. And I wish we could have seen more in the video because I do believe that she went into his office. So I think she was. No, no, no. He said he talked about that he lured her into his office. He said he lured her in. Yeah, All he right. Said he, he lured her into his office, I guess, to move her away from the front entrance of where all the people were checking out. Black people. We're going to get ours. That ain't the way to do it. And you want more than just a thousand dollars worth of stuff at Target. All right, y'all. Coming up next in Arizona, a woman is leaving her six-figure job behind. Uh-oh, maybe she thinks she's getting reparations too. And later, a Georgia football coach is going viral after a disgusting racist rant. Don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, welcome back to some more TGIF. Now, an Arizona woman threw up the deuces to her six-figure job after they asked her to return to the office full-time. Now, the woman was reportedly working remotely since the beginning of the pandemic. Listen, life has gotten way easier with, you know, pandemic. A lot of good stuff came out of it, working remotely. This is something that was born out of that. Uh, Can y'all blame her? Q, what do you think about this? How do you feel about... Absolutely not. Listen, I would die if I had to step foot in the office five days a week. Um, everybody's doing it. I got a lot of friends that are school teachers. They went to the virtual teaching format during COVID and then when the school opened back up, they quit their schools and got hired on with virtual schools because they do not want to go back to the office. Listen, uh, America and employers, if you are not in a service, in a service working in a service capacity, a medical capacity, or a customer service capacity, there is no need for people to be in a damn office. And I read an article on um, one of those uh, job things that were saying after COVID that these companies were really going to have to double down on their incentives to get people back in the workforce because. That's just not the world we live in anymore. COVID taught us, if it didn't teach us one thing, it taught us work-life balance, all right? And people want to be home with their kids, their family, and their house. So I don't blame her for quitting that damn job, and she'll find another one. All right, Al, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it was so interesting, because wasn't her job a six-figure job? It was over $100,000. I thought that was interesting. But, you know, there's a survey that Upwork has, has, has completed, and it says, guys, by 2025, 36 plus million Americans will be working remotely by the year of 2025. And I think that, hey, that's letting you know, like you said, what people are valuing more work-life balance, the cost of not having to do gas, insurance, car, maintenance, all that type of stuff is lower. People have more disposable income to pay their bills more from working from home. And then also, I think there's less anxiety working from home. Um, you know, you know, being in a work environment could be very politically, you know, the political environment, the work environment, the culture environment there could be a lot to juggle. I, I like this concept. I have mixed feelings on it because I think about, OK, if I was an employee employer and I pay this high ass lease for this building and nobody wanted to come to work. And then also with the reports of AI, they saying that AI is about to take 5 million jobs out of the workforce. I wonder if she's going to regret it later on. I do. I am here for the balance. So I am here for that, but damn, I don't know. Six figure jobs. Everyone can't have those. Mm. So she, I hope she got some money saved up. Well, maybe she did some PPP scams. Mm. I don't know. All right. What are your thoughts on this historic moment for queen Latifah? Well, I imagine it was supposed to be, there should have been some copy there. We're supposed to be saying that she went to the, 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 uh, 
the uh, Congress Library, Al. You, you Let were, me use my psychic powers. Yeah. Did they want know what the thing was? <laughs> yeah, she was. She was the first female rapper in the national recording uh, registry. And how incredible is this? This woman, I, Claudia. Why is she not an egot? Has she ever done Broadway? She's got a Golden Globe, yes, right? She's got a Golden yes. Globe. She's she got did, three uh, SAG awards. She's got a Grammy, an Emmy. She's got two Image Awards. She was nominated for an Oscar. Why wouldn't she be an EGOT? Remember, she played uh, Big Mama in uh, Chicago. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. She's super. I, I love how pleasantly surprised America, well, actually, we all are with some of them. Um, some of the talent that's coming out of the, the hip hop community that ended up becoming amazing actors, Queen Latifah being one, Will Smith being one, right. Tupac being one, like amazingly talented people that, you know, it, they could have easily been written off as just a rapper, but these people are talented beyond. So congratulations to Queen Latifah. Wasn't uh, she the first hip hop artist to get a, a star of fame? She was one of the first hip hop, first hip hop artists to get a walk of fame star, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Al, let me ask you this, though, for me and the soulmates out there that, that, that don't understand the magnitude of this award, like, what does this mean? So, I mean, basically, it's like just one of the highest honors. It's a library. So, and, and it's, I'm not sure if it's like for UNITY, it's for two songs that those songs are in that library. So that means that she's a part of the National Recording Registry. And, and, and honestly, I mean, the only other person I know that has done this is John Lennon, I think Mariah Carey, um, some other some other artists. But this is a big deal. So huge. Are, are, are these like songs that like represent what America is? Like I'm, I'm just the yeah. magnitude mm -hmm. of it. Okay. So if like if a, if a Martian came down from wherever they come from, you know, this is supposed to be the most prolific, um, okay. creative. Okay. Uh, property, intellectual property that we have in the United States. I think she's an Oscar nominee, not a winner. Yeah. No, yeah. she was a nominee. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this award is bigger than a damn Oscar and a Grammy. Well, it's pretty significant. But what do you have to have an Oscar to be an EGOT? Yes. You have to have one all of them. Got uh, okay. That's the O and got. Got it. Okay. All right, y'all. Coming up next, a Georgia football coach goes on a racist ramp. Got it on camera. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to TGIF. Oh, I forgot to ask y'all the top of the show. And also Ronnie Joan in the comments says, what are y'all drinking tonight? They want to know because they really care about what we're doing over here. Q, are you unlocking your better self today? What you doing? <laughs> I'm a little under the weather. Q was drinking uh, Lipton tea mix with Theraflu. Why? Oh, Why, Q? What happened last night? I had a gentleman call. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, you're supposed to be my friend. I did. <laughs> he from Brazil. Not, I met him at the bar. Oh, did you knock the bottom? Did you, did you knock the bottom out of it? <laughs> A little bit. I did. The sun came up. <laughs> we didn't get started about four. Oh God! Was you hitting for hours? No, 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 we was talking and drinking. We was just talking and drinking and watching TV and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Al, what you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking tea. <laughs> It's raining in LA. It's dark. It's cold. Okay, I'm drinking water because then my auntie's gone wild tour. They had me drinking every single day. I was like, okay. All right, y'all, let's get into this because I want to hear what y'all think about this. A Georgia football coach is going viral after making a racist video about lynching. Here we go again. Take a look. Did you see that that tree right there? Yeah. Did you see that tree right there? Roe will hang you from that tree. Here we go. What are your thoughts? Who wants to go first? That's just ridiculous. I mean, it's horrible. And as much as we hear this over and over and over again, I still get as equally upset about this type of stuff. The fact that he, he works with some of the top universities in the country, Alabama, UGA, Auburn, and Clemson, where some of the best African-American um, athletes come through those schools that he actually trained. This is how he thinks. And also, Claudia, he has a criminal history. He was banned and fired from his high school job 
as a coach and and and, and basically banished out of the Dagon County for his his criminal activity and his behavior towards people, his aggressiveness. Like he got arrested for harassment, he got arrested for a felony charge for and you know making people do what he wanted to do. He's a weirdo, and I think every single one of those colleges that that are associated with him training the, our young black athletes, all of them need to distance themselves and issue a statement saying that they're no longer doing business with him and they don't support racism in any way. The, it's the boldness lately to film it. It's going to get out. Kashawn uh, Green uh, in the chat says former students of his were shushed for bringing the coach's ill behavior to the administration years ago. Uh, this video will keep them from shushing people. Sadly, he'll be allowed to give a janky apology and move on. Q, what do you think about this? Because it's, it's, that's, isn't that the cycle that we have every single time? It is. You know, I, I heard a quote, guys, the other day that empowered me and that keeps me from getting upset in situations like this. And it went something to the effect of um, they hate us because they fear us. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because what that quote allowed me to do is that instead of feeling disenfranchised when I see stuff like this, I actually feel empowered. Hmm. Because I'm like, you know what? You feel like that because you're scared of me and I am somebody to be scared of. You know what I'm saying? What I find off in this situation is we have yet to see the viral post about all the things he's lost and about all the institutions that have distanced itself, themselves from, I was waiting for those. These other people on the internet, we've been getting them within 20 point 48 hours. Like where are the-, the, the Outrage, the, the, yeah, like I on. think Alabama issued an apology, right? They know they said that he absolutely has nothing to do with uh, working with them and that they don't support racism in any form. But I'm like, UQ, what's up? What's taking the other three schools so long to say something? <clears throat> and then lastly, and I'm not, I don't mean to jump you, Claudia, I, I, know, I know we hate to throw everything in the mental illness bucket, guys, but your brain is clearly off when you just get off your rocker like that and record it and just think there's going to be right. no, for you to be that oh. in 2023, your brain has to be off. I also think there's a lot of guilt with some of these people. And let me hear me out on this. Imagine you are the descendant of a family or a, a group of people that have terrorized the world. You've gone to many other countries. I, I, I employ you guys to watch the Viking series. And that's, I, I'm going to say this guy's a descendant of these people, right? The violence, you know, conquering people, raping, taking, stealing, putting people on boats, bringing them to America, kidnapping them, cutting babies out of people's stomachs. Um, then Jim Crow, then voter suppression, all the things that white America has done to black people. And then when you see us, I don't know, it's, I think the fear is if they ever get empowered, they know that there's some get back that we could be entitled to get. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe, but luckily for them, most black people are pretty spiritual and pretty religious and don't think like that. Of course, we have our outliers that will. But for the most part, we're very much, and they did a fine job of shoving Christianity down our throat and making us really, you know, we, we can see those. Uh -huh. They did a good job of pacifying us. But whatever, there's, of course, great parts about that. But, you know, they the, the way they, I, I always feel like, do they do this because they think if I was them, I get us back to what they did to my family? Do they think that way? Because it's like, I feel like we're on their minds all the time. I, all forgot, the time. I forgot who it was, if it was Farrakhan or Al Sharpton. It was somebody of that stature that said, y'all ought to be lucky that we're asking for equality and not revenge. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that is the God honest truth. For, for anybody that's watching this white America, we're not trying to take y'all down. We really just want to be left the hell alone. That's all. But that's how they think, though. Not everybody, but that's how some of the ones that are empowered, that's how they think. Like, it's not sharing. It's no, we run this and y'all have a piece. You know, they don't think like the racist ones. Are, let me, I got to keep being clear. People that are racist and don't, and they want that. They want to oppress others. There's plenty of fine people on, on, you know, black, white that don't think like this. That really are, you know, that, that, that are spiritual, that, that actually don't abuse religion, what the Bible actually says to manipulate I just think it's sad. And then the fact that he's in charge of and bosses black kids around, who knows what little microaggressions he's done to them. You know, it's pretty sad.
Speaking of Georgia, and man, the South is really, mm, all right, y'all. Uh, an inmate in Fulton County Jail was allegedly eaten alive by bedbugs while waiting for his upcoming trial. The family of the inmate is calling for the closure of the Fulton County Jail, as well as a criminal investigation into his death. Now, this story is disgusting. Three months he was in there, bed bug bites everywhere. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, uh, this unfortunate tragedy? Al, what do you think? I think they need to hire Ben Crump, and they need to sue the city, the state. The Department of Corrections, the county. <laughs> I would sue all of them. I would sue them. And then I would launch an investigation in the prison and in jail system if I was a family member. I would go after them for this because obviously he did, you know, the bed bugs didn't eat him. Actually, he had so many bed bugs bikes that his body got a sepsis infection. And that's a blood infection. And it's a blood infection that killed him. That's, uh, I'm like itchy, like just thinking of, I'm just like, ugh. How are how, uh, you as a human looking, walking past that cell every day and seeing this guy getting bit up, bugs, buzzing around, fl- crawling all over everything. And you don't feel like I should do something. And then, of course, they said they couldn't, they, they, a guard didn't want to give CPR. They were like, they were freaked out for what, what he looked like. Q, what do you think about this? You know, I've never been an advocate. You know how, like, uh, case in point down here in Miami, when they had the Stoneman Douglas school shooting, they ended up firing Sheriff Israel. I've never been a fan of when somebody on a lower level does something, somebody way up top in the office gets fired. But this is one of those situations where I almost feel like the goddamn mayor should be let go. You know what I'm saying? Like, look how nasty that is. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if not the mayor, who, whoever runs the entire prison system for Fulton County at the highest level, that person should be let go because this happened on your watch. And the fact that officers walk past that and see that um, and don't feel any whatever, whatever to do something that says something about your leadership and the type of organization that you're running. That's deplorable. It's a human rights violation. And uh, his family should sue. And the fact that he was waiting trial and look at all these cases of people like, OK, if you were like a heinous criminal, you've committed atrocious things. He's waiting a, tr- a waiting trial. Look at all these people that we're finding out 30, 45 years later. Oh, they were innocent. Imagine I, what is so hard. I thought they had uh, prison. I, baby, I ain't never been to jail except that one time. But I bailed out. <laughs> I was but I thought from watching Orange is the New Black that the inmates walk up and down the aisles with mops and brooms and they have a cleaning service. And if not, as much fraud that going in there, a janitorial service and a pest control service, it's not that hard. Absolutely. All right, we gotta get to this story because uh, this is all the all over the internet now. Freaknik documentary is planned to be released on Hulu soon. Are y'all excited about the documentary? One. And what's something you guys remember about this epic event? Um, I know Q's on site. He was too young or whatever. Al, did you ever go to Freaknik? Yeah, you know, I've been, I think I went once or twice. Uh, But you know what? Let me tell you what's so really interesting about this story. There's a group of prominent black professional women who brought a lawsuit up to the net, to Netflix to stop it because Hulu, Hulu, not Netflix. I mean, Hulu. Yeah, sorry. Hulu, the streaming company that blocked the film release because they're concerned about how they're going to be portrayed. So if one of the women in this group with the lawsuit is a politician, one of the women is a black judge, three of them are high level corporate executives and one of the executives there already is leaked on the internet uh, online showing her in an unflattering nature and she says look I'm married with three kids I make over a million dollars a year with the firm I'm at I cannot let this you know get let this video get out because if so uh, you know everything that I ever worked hard for could possibly be ruined so I mean I'm, I'm very interested to see who this judge and who this politician is that's trying to keep their face off of the screen of what they did at Freak Nick. By doing this, though, they just told on themselves. They oh, might they not are, have been. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was at Freak Nick 1994. I remember one thing that happened. I was, well, two things. Taking a picture with my friends. We like had our arms on each other. I had a skirt on, and a guy came up behind me, lift my skirt up, and I punch him in the chest. And then I saw another lady that was driving around broad daylight on the hood of a car, and guys are walking by, and they was putting fingers and dollars in her. That's someone's mama now. That's the one that's about 45, 46, right. 47, 48. Hugh, what do you think about this? You think the aunties are going to get exposed? Yeah. And the uncles. And it's not just the women. Let me just say this. The men were being sexual predators, too. Yeah. A lot of it's about the women. The men were out of control. You know, but, but what's unfortunate is that it's going to be the women that get the most 
backlash because they're the ones who are shown in the most heinous light. And when you look at Freaknik as a whole, it's not described as men being grotesque. It's 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 categorized as women bent over wearing their poom poom shorts. Al, uh, how do these women? How do these women even know they're in the documentary? Do they see themselves in the trailer or something? I, you know, I can. Well, they're just assuming, right? I, no, I can imagine that that at that time, not everybody could afford uh, video cameras. And this particular group that did a lot of the filming, you know, are creatives. So they're producers. And so and they've, been shopping, these, right? they've been shopping it for a while. And you know how it goes. You know, Claudia, you may know one of the producers, right? You were young and hot in that those days. And, and we used to hang out with him. So right. I know that Negro got me on that camera. That's right. That's, right. That's exactly how it happened, especially that one executive. But you right about it. she told her herself, she's like, I'm a high level executive. I got three kids. <laughs> I make over a million dollars. Like, OK, it's it screams. I know I was hella off the chain <laughs> in 1994 <laughs> and I probably am on several videos because I was one of those, the, you know, uh, I was out of control back then. So she's they told them themselves. Yeah. And 20 some years ago, they probably don't look nothing like they used to look. No, y'all like I, I want the world to get to a place where you can still be that judge and still be that corporate executive and not catch a charge for something that you did when you were in college. I just think that some let you go over some video footage that all things constant would have been in your private vault when mm. somebody released of you doing something that was so long ago. That's stupid. And you didn't sign a release for it because no one signed a release back then. Right. Like they really, you probably, you could really probably sue because mm -hmm. they weren't public figures back then. So you, you kind of do have some kind of right. I don't know if they could be making money up your image like that. I don't know. Right. Uh, should I try to get this story real quick? I don't no, know. No, they just bending over and spreading it wide, child. <laughs> get it in. Girl. Girl. Let me try. I'm trying to think. What's the worst thing you guys have done in college that you'd be shamed if it got out? Uh... College, I was a straight up nerd. Like I was on track. I was in the gospel. I, I really wasn't wilding out in college. It's when I when I was older, maybe. I'ma play the fifth Q. <laughs> I ain't do nothing. I'm, I'm I'm my clean, so I'm good. Yeah, yeah, nothing on camera. All right, y'all. Anyways, I'm just reminiscing right now, real quick. I want to thank my fantastic squad of uh, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva, of course, for doing what they do back, best. Claudia. I'm so happy to be back with y'all, and, and Q. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Black Waterhouse movies. We'll see y'all next week. Great to see you. Y'all have a great weekend. Y'all be good. Bye, we'll soulmates. Have a good night, soulmates. Bye.